Welcome to another inspirational message from Church on the Rock Pile. Thank you for listening. And if you would like more information, you can visit us at www.therockchurch.co.za. Jeremiah 12, verses 1 to 6. And it says this, Jeremiah talking to God, and he says, You are right, O God, and you set things right. I can't argue with that, but I do have some questions. Anybody with that? Do have some questions? Come on. We all have questions. Like, God, why? There are people this morning praying and go, God, why did last night happen? We know why. We're all good. Why do bad people have it so good? Why do con artists make it big? You planted them and they put down roots. They flourished and produced fruit. They talk as if they were old friends with you, but they couldn't care less about you. Meanwhile, you know me inside and out, and you don't let me get by with a thing. Do you often feel like God's got you? He knows you, and he goes like, no, no, you shouldn't be doing that. No, you should be doing that. Come on, we can level this up. Make them pay for the way they live. Pay with their lives like sheep marked for slaughter. How long do we have to put up with this? The country depressed, the farms in ruins, and all because of wickedness, these wicked lives. Even animals and birds are dying off because they'll have nothing to do with God and think God has nothing to do with them. And God answers him and he says, So Jeremiah, if you're worn out in this foot race with men, what makes you think you can race against horses? And if you can't keep your wits during times of calm, what's going to happen when troubles break loose like the Jordan in flood? What's going to happen? We want to run with horses. Amen. Let's say it together. My heart's open. My mind's ready. I won't be the same again. In Jesus' name. Because the same God, the same God who spoke to Jeremiah is speaking to us today. The same God who challenged him is challenging us today. And the challenge is don't get stuck. How sad would it be to come into God's house every weekend and never move forward? Our word is moving forward for the year. How sad would it be to hear words spoken over us, have scriptures put in front of us, be challenged, hear the voice of God and just not move? still be stuck. I love challenges because they are always opportunities to grow. And we, we talk a lot about faith in this house because actually we happen to be a church that believes the word of God. If God said it, so we believe it. And we have a senior pastor who's here today because of our faith in our God, because he said it, so we believe it. And so we love the challenges because we know that they grow our faith and as God said to Jeremiah, if you don't have anything of that, you are never going to get stronger when the real challenges do come into your world. And he goes on later in Jeremiah to say to him, but Jeremiah, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. He's still carrying on the conversation with him. That comes after saying, come on, Jeremiah, you can do this. Stop looking around you. Stop looking at all the challenges and thinking that it's so hard. I am the Lord God. I have plans for you. Plans to just give you a hope and a future. Now, if we look at the book of Exodus, we see the children of Israel have been brought out of Egypt. 
They've been slaves for 400 years, and God has heard their cries. And we complain about four months when he doesn't answer us. He heard them. He sent them a leader, not a perfect person, just a leader to lead them out of bondage, but a person who has a heart for God. So they're being led out. Well, the first real challenge that they come across as as they're led out is they have a sea in front of them and an army behind them. That's a little bit of a challenge, but it's not hard for God to sort that out. And I, I want that to be a reminder to someone today, the same God. It's not hard for God to sort that out. In Exodus 14, we're picking up at verse 13. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. But then the Lord spoke to Moses and he said, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. They're supposed to be moving. They're supposed to be going forward. They're supposed to be moving forward in this season. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. And it goes on in verse 19. And then the angel of God who had been traveling in front of Israel's army withdrew and went behind them. The pillar of cloud also moved from in front and stood behind them, coming between the armies of Egypt and Israel. Throughout the night, the cloud brought darkness to the one side and light to the other side, so neither went near the other all night long. That is what God can do in separating you from your enemies and separating you from the challenges that you had. That is what he is able to do. What he could do in the past, he can do in the future. Your challenge is not too much for God. And he doesn't want you to stop there. He wants you to move forward. But then they found themselves in the desert. Same cloud for shade in the day, same cloud of fire at night. They had manna that they could collect every morning to feed them. And then when they got tired of that and they complained, Kentucky Fried Chicken was flown in, in the form of quails that came in on the wind. Water came out of a rock that followed them. Did nobody question any of that stuff? Did they not go like, isn't this weird? Like we're here and there's that rock behind us and now we're there and there's that rock behind us. And did nobody think that that was weird that a cloud followed them every day and looked after them every day and manna was there every day? But they weren't happy with that. They wanted to go back. They wanted to go back to Egypt. They wanted to go back to their leeks and to their potatoes where they had been slaves. They wanted everything to be back the way it was, but for everything to have changed. And actually, you know, church, that's not possible. It's not possible for everything to change, but everything to stay the same. God kept moving them. So he takes them to the Jordan River and he he shows them their promised land, the land that they needed to step in. And yes, there were going to be battles and yes, there were giants, but he promised to be with them every step of the way, every step of the way. So they decided to be democratic. They wanted everybody to have a vote, so every tribe gave up one person, and they were going to send the spies into the land. And I just want to say, you know, more people in the room doesn't mean more faith. 
Okay, sometimes you need to be like Jesus when he was praying. You're like, everybody out the room. Let's just keep the people in here who actually can pray in faith. And only two had a faithful perspective, Joshua and Caleb. We know their names. We don't know the names of the other ten. And they were the only ones who said, we can do it. The others were saying, we can't do it. We can't overcome. And actually, they were correct. They couldn't do it. Because it was never, ever about what they could do. It was always about what God was going to do in and through them. It was going to be the power of God working through them. Not their natural ability. Not what they could get a handle of or get their heads around. So seeing everything that they had seen, experiencing everything that they had experienced, they got stuck between where they had come from and the promise that was ahead of them. And I believe God is saying today, he does not ever want to see his people get stuck. We should not get stuck because sadly, just because you see some God moving in someone's life doesn't mean that they're not stuck in their thinking, in their actions, just caught in that in-between. Our futures depend on us not getting stuck. We can't live on past blessings while they were great and we acknowledge them and we love on a God who has been so faithful. We have to turn our faces to the future. We are heading for Christmas, and then we're going to fall over the edge of that. We're going to be in January, and it's going to be 2024. It's a new year with new opportunities. We can't get stuck where we are right now. And you know, it's amazing that life happens to people. The same things happen, and some people get stuck there, and some don't. Have you ever noticed that? Have you ever seen that uh, one person can get a leg amputated? And they are absolutely destroyed and will not move. Another person says, bring me a kangaroo leg. I am running in the Paralympics. You know, it's, it's a mindset. One person is a high school dropout and he has no real education. And he just goes, well, I can't do anything. Another one goes, well, I'm starting a business. And that will become a multi-million dollar business like Jay-Z and Beyonce. I mean, they are high school dropouts. Let's come. So one person is born blind, deaf, and dumb. They do nothing about it. Another person goes, well, I've broken through that. I'm going to do something. I'm going to change the world. That person was Helen Keller. So they can do something. One person is born with a lisp and doesn't want to speak in public because they're so aware of, of what they have. Another person goes like, bring it on. I'm going to preach the word of God. And we get one of our greatest preachers of our time, T.D. Jakes. Come on. Why is it that one thing holds one person back and another person goes like, I am not getting stuck here. I'm not letting this thing hold me back. In John chapter 5, Jesus is at a place called Bethesda. It's got a pool. It's got colonnades. People who are invalids, who have been struggling with different things, used to congregate around there, lie around the pool, because um, it was believed in that day that from time to time, an angel of the Lord would come down, would uh, disrupt the water, ruffle it up a little bit, and the first person who got in would be healed. So everybody who wanted to be healed of something was lying around the pool. 
And Jesus goes to the pool just to see what's happening there. And he sees a man lying at the side. In that whole crowd, he sees one person. And I want that to to be a word for somebody today. In the crowd, Jesus sees you. He sees everybody else, but he sees you. He doesn't overlook you. He knows that you are there. You are not invisible to him, and you never will be. You have value, and he sees you. So here we are in John 5, starting at verse 5. He says, one who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. He's been there a while. And when Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid said, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. And then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured and he picked up his mat and he walked. Jesus said to him, do you want to get well? That seems like a crazy question if the man has been there and he's been in this condition for 38 years. But you know what? You have to want to not be stuck to get free. You have to want this. So here's the challenge. Number one, what do you want? What do you want? Do you want to be stuck or do you want to be free? In Mark 10, Jesus is talking to a blind man and he says, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him, the blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. The man's blind. Surely, surely his answer is going to be, I want to see. But not necessarily so. He could have said, I just want to have a friend. Can I have a best friend? Can I, can I live in a nicer house? He might not even mind being blind. Some people are very comfortable in their dysfunction. Jesus said to him, what do you want? And I believe God says that to us all the time. What do you want? What do you have to verbalize it? What do you want? You have to want to change. And secondly, that is the thing. Number two your world will change. And that is often the part that that we don't really want. The children of Israel struggled with that coming out of the desert. Everything changed. The man at the pool of Bethesda, I mean, he had a radical life change. Jesus said to him, pick up your mat and walk. There was no Amy as a biokineticist waiting to help him strengthen his muscles. Can you move this? Have you got a stretch? You're going to get ready for, okay, now you're going to walk in a little bit. And now this is how you do it. Jesus just said, get up and walk. You go. No one asked him, how do you feel about it? No, how do you really feel about it? Are you okay with walking? Jesus said, get up and walk. And the man got up. And he picked up his mat and he started walking. But he must have thought, can I actually do this? He must have thought, oh, wait up a minute. It says he picked up his mat, but he must have thought, oh, somebody else carried this here for me. I better pick it up and take it with me. What about getting a job? 
He had never had a job before. What about earning some money so now he could go and eat? Everything changed in his world. For him to not be stuck, everything had to change. But you know what? He wanted it to. He wanted it to change because he didn't even stop. He stood up, he picked up his mat, and he started walking. He had had absolutely enough of where he was. You know, when the children of Israel were told to cross over, I've already said it had nothing to do with them, but everything to do with God. And when God is challenging you to not be stuck and to move, yes, it's going to be a challenge. Yes, it's going to change. But it's not about what you can do or can't do. It's about what he can do. And you need to know that his promises are yes and amen. But that means that you need to know what his promises are. And you know, unfortunately, we are in a generation that is wanting somebody else to feed us. But the promises in God's word that he has for you are not necessarily the same promises that he has for me. And I need to find out. And that is only going to happen by reading God's word and spending time with him to figure out what God is saying to me. And the word of God jumping out of the page that I can say that promise is for me, for my life. Yours will be different. Because God knows how we're wired and he wants to challenge us to be the best that we can be. The third thing is you you really need to trust God in the process. Because it's not about my opinion, your opinion, anybody else's opinion, but it's about what God has said. We want the end result without following the directions. We want to just like, whoops, into the promised land, straight out of Egypt, bypass the desert, bypass all the challenges, bypass all the fighting, bypass all the different things. And like, hey, now we're in the promised land. We talk about this a lot, but I'm going to say it again because we see so many people are challenged in this area. You want financial breakthrough, but you have never or you don't want to start tithing. But actually, that is the only way you're going to get the breakthrough that you're looking for. Because that, only when you follow the principles of God, do you get the blessing that Malachi 3.10 talks about of the floodgates of heaven being open. So you can't look into somebody else's life and see the floodgates open and go like, that's not fair. I also give here and I tip there and I do this. God is saying, I love you, and I love your generosity, and that's fabulous, but come, we need to level up. Let's break out of this. Let's not get stuck here. Let's level up into what God wants for us, because the promise comes with obedience, and the promise comes with faithfulness, and even then, when you step out, it's not going to be instant promised land. It's going to be a process and a journey. You know, if you are really totally freaked out of the state of the nation and the state of the world and the state of everything every time you put your TV set on and it's making you fearful inside, I would suggest that you're not focused on the right things because the Word of God tells us what to focus on. 
says in Philippians 4, 8 to 9, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure. Oh, look, that's not the TV station. Whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, definitely not the news. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice and the God of peace will be with you. You have to do all that to get the part of God of peace to be with you. Timothy tells us in 2 Timothy 1.7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. But if you're letting the world clutter your mind, you are going to be full of fear. The times we live in are not a conspiracy against our generation. In Paul's day, identity was a crisis. Politics was politics. There were wars. There were floods, there were famines, there was hunger. There were employees and employers. There's nothing new. Yes, we do know that every day is one step between what we had and the return of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And we don't know where we are in the timeline. But our job is to not get stuck. We have to keep our eyes on Jesus to not get stuck. Don't look at other people because then you will get stuck. We say this to our team all the time because we deal with people in the church. We get deal with people in the world. We deal with friends and family and relatives and all. We say, keep your eyes on Jesus. Otherwise, you will be disappointed in man because man will disappoint you. Somebody somewhere is going to disappoint you. When I gave my heart to the Lord, it was uh, so many years ago, long time ago. But when I did that, I, nobody told me I had to go to church. I wanted to. I wanted to run to the house of God. I love praise and worship. I wanted to be there. We didn't have life groups in those days. That's how long ago it was. So we just gathered a group of like-minded friends, and we used to do life together and have meals together, and we used to talk about the Word of God and get excited about the things of God. I wasn't told to do that. I wanted to do that. We used to talk about topics and things that, that interested us. Our diet has to be more than just what we eat physically. Our diet has to be a spiritual diet as well for us to stay healthy. And that is the basics, reading your Bible, speaking to God, spending time with positive, godly people. We need to have good input. We need to allow God to speak to our hearts. We can say that he's God, but never actually allow him to speak into our hearts. And the fourth one is we need to just believe it. We need to believe that God can do it. You know, the children of Israel, the man at the pool of Bethesda, they all heard the word of the Lord. Cross over, get up and walk. But they were the only ones who could choose to believe it and choose to step out. And I think that God is just saying us today, I will walk with you every step of the way. In this room, there are different people on different paths. You've got different challenges. God is wanting you to not get stuck in different areas. It's not just one size fits all. But he is saying to all of you the same thing. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will be with you. I'm going to walk with you. 
And you know what? Moving forward can be a miraculous single moment where everything changes. But you know what? Most often it's just a journey of new choices and new decisions. And then we start moving forward. So my prayer today is that you would have what we call a holy discontent. You know when God starts stirring up your heart and stirring up your spirit in a way? To just go, come, this isn't where I want you to stay. You've been camping here for a little bit. I know where you've come from, but I also know where you're going. As I said to Jeremiah, I've got plans for you, plans to give you hope and a future. I've got things for you, and I want you to not be stuck. I want you to have a boldness on your journey. If you believe in that, if you believe that God can do that for you, come on, let's just give him some praise because he is the great I am.